0: Hello, and welcome to the Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast. I'm Mally J, Parker Bennett's assistant. Parker is away this week on a wonderful family vacation, so he has granted me permission to sit in and get an episode out to you listeners. What I've decided to do is repackage an older episode of the Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast that is very much still relevant so that's what we're going to do. The topic today is subject to sale. In this episode, Parker gives a really nice overview of what some of those terms mean, different aspects of understanding what subject to sale really means from the perspective of a seller as well as from a buyer. And he gives some interesting tips about negotiating and how to use subject to sale to your advantage, what to watch out for, etc. Listen on. It's a nice short episode. Hopefully it feeds your appetite for more episodes of the Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast. Enjoy. My name is Parker
1: Bennett. And I've spent the last 20 years helping people through the process of their largest single investment they may ever make, their home. From building inspector to real estate agent, I've chalked up a number of great experiences and strategies for everything related to the home buying experience. This podcast is dedicated to anything and everything around the Kamloops real estate market. Welcome to the Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast. Okay, so basically uh, what a subject to sale is, but actually, let me do it this way. Let me give you the condition. Let's imagine we are deciding that we want to uh, move, we want to sell our house, and we want to buy another house uh, via different subdivision. We're looking for more acreage. We're looking for less acreage, downsize, whatever the, whatever the logistics may be. We want, but in order for this transaction to take place, we have to sell our home. Um, as one of the conditions to purchasing. Meaning, we can't afford to buy another one without selling the one we're in. So we find the perfect property. Let's give it a name. Uh, 123 Nicola. Uh, I hope that's not a real house, but maybe it is. 123 Nicola Street. We're in love with it and we want to make an offer. So we we need to get uh, a few conditions out of the way. We would definitely want to have it home inspected. So we agree to the seller to purchase this price at, uh, let's say, $900,000 even. That's what the seller is asking. Let's say that's what we decide to give them. Uh, The conditions would be subject to a home inspection, subject to verifying that we can properly insure the property, subject to us evaluating the state of the title, and the big one, subject to us selling our home. So I'm going to give you the terminology that it's not always like this, but typically something like this. It would go subject to the buyer entering into an unconditional offer to sell 321 Seymour Street on or before June 1st, 2022. This condition would be for the benefit of the buyer. So the buyer lives on Seymour Street. They're looking to buy a property on Nicholas Street. So, Before June 1st, we need to enter into an unconditional offer to sell our property in order for the condition to be removed on the purchase of the property. It's almost like a financing clause in that we are, uh, the funds are going to come from the sale proceeds of our house in order to purchase the next one. Now, you can remove that condition when you have an unconditional offer. You don't physically need to have the money in your hands from the sale proceeds of your home in order to purchase it, but the buyer of your home needs to be contractually obligated to purchasing your home. Subject-free, clear, solid contract. So let's first look at how the seller views this. The seller views this as a very risky endeavor, meaning... Somebody wants to buy our house, but they have to go sell their house first. You know, for the last two years, it's been very different in that sellers were looking at cash offers. People who physically had all the money in their bank account ready to purchase a home. And now, not only are they not just trying to get financing, but they're, they're maybe stuck logistically with a home that needs to sell before they can adequately finance the, the purchase of a new home. So at first glance, this looks this looks like a tough condition to get around. It's definitely not, it's definitely not going to be a quick transaction if we're waiting for another home to sell. However, the market's still pretty reasonably good. And this this is a situation that's that's it's it's definitely a speed bump, but it's not a bar- you're not being barricaded by this condition. So in some cases, the seller can use this condition to their advantage they can add, they can negotiate a different term that would add on top of that condition that looks something like this. So first we have subject to the buyer entering into an unconditional offer uh, to sell their property at 321 Seymour Street on or before June 1st, 2022. However, they would add this portion, however, the seller may upon receipt of another accepted offer serve notice to the buyers or to the buyer's agents to remove all conditions within 24 hours. Otherwise, this contract is considered to be null and void. So what does that mean? That means the seller of the Nicholas house has the ability to go shop, continue to shop their house on the market. And if they get another accepted offer, that offer would have a condition. This is where it gets really tricky. So if the seller of Nicholas house has an accepted offer with the Seymour buyers, and they're looking at other offers from other people. Another buyer, the, uh, let's say a buyer from uh, Talassa in Sun Rivers, decides they want to make an offer on this, and it's, it's an all-cash offer. Well, the seller of the Nicholas Street property has a little bit of a conundrum. They have a, an accepted offer. They're contractually obligated uh, with the, the buyers uh, that own the Seymour house they're contractually obligated to this contract. However, they do have an out on that contract, but they'd have to serve notice uh, to get out of the deal. So now the Nicola people decide, hey, we like this Talassa deal better. The buyers of the, 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 the buyers that are from Talassa, I'm just giving them a name. So um, th- they don't have any of these weird conditions, so we're going to accept this offer. Now, they would now go serve notice to the buyer's agent of the um, Seymour deal to remove all their conditions within 24 hours. Otherwise, they're out. So if they don't have a sale on Seymour yet, they're pretty much pooched. There's there's no way that they can remove conditions without taking the risk of owning two properties at the same time, which is a risk that they might be willing to take. It's their option. They have 24 hours to figure it out. Um, But from the perspective of the Nicholas Street sellers... They've just increased their odds by selling their home twofold. Because now, if the house on Seymour Street sells, then their house sells. And if these Talassa guys like their property, their house sells. So they doubled the options here. So it's actually a pretty good gig for a seller. It's just not as speedy logistically for for a transaction as most people would like. And the reason for that is because typically people are buying another home. So they don't want to mess around waiting for their house to sell because they want to go out and spend that money on another home. So it's a tricky, it's a tricky situation. And in our market that we've had for the last two years, it's been so fast and action-packed. Everything is around making an offer as clean and smooth and quick as possible. So more cash, less conditions was the idea. And a subject to sale condition is typically not something that was guarded in a multiple offer situation or in a strong seller's market as being a really solid-looking offer. But now that the market is shifting, we're going to start to see more subject-to-sale offers. You're going to see it more. It's going to be more common. And the tricky part of that is that with a softer market, um, it's going to take a little bit longer logistically for properties to sell. So when would you use this condition? Why is this condition applicable? Well, if you need the money, the funds, from the sale proceeds of your house in order to get you into the next property, then logistically you need to sell your home and that's where a subject to sale condition comes in. There are options. You could consider bridge financing. This is an expensive way to do it. You could consider that your house is going to go on the market after you have an accepted offer on a property to purchase and you could get approval financing wise to bridge them both. Meaning for a little short period of time, we may have two mortgages on the go at one time, but our house is logistically for sale. And once we sell it, those proceeds are going to go cover the the new debt that we've incurred on the on the purchase. Um, that's a really good feasible way. And I know that that's what, what was being done uh, a fair amount in the previous market that we were in these last two years where it's been just hog wild on purchases. And uh, it, you're never going to get a crack at a property with a subject to sale condition Um, unless there's something significantly wrong with it, or maybe that property is like, you know, really expensive or out of the premium price range for most Kamloops buyers. Um, There was some things that went on uh, inside of conditions that would hide a subject to sale, and it is very risky business to conduct this, but let me give you an example. Some folks would, some real estate agents, would make an offer to purchase a property Subject to financing. And that financing would give you a two week window in order for the sellers to get their house on the market and get an accepted offer. It's kind of tricky to do that. And it's legally speaking, you could be in a heap of trouble because that condition was not set around selling a home, it was around getting approved to service the debt of that property. I know what happened. I know there was um, some instances where uh, people wanted to pull out due to not being able to get financed, but realistically it was just because their house didn't sell fast enough. And that's a situation where you might soon find yourself in litigation over the situation there. However, um, there, there's lots of little logistics in a subject of sale that we should talk about. So when you're selling your house and you've already accepted an offer to purchase a property... Um, you have dates that need to be shuffled around a bit. So let's go back to the uh, Nicola purchase. We, we made a condition that was subject to selling our Seymour property and uh, we had to remove conditions on June 1st by June 1st. So if the seller accepts this offer that we've given them, our property goes now on the market and we, we sell it. However, The contract that we wrote on the Nicola property has to have completion, possession, and adjustment dates. And we don't even have our house sold yet. So how do we put those dates together? It's a bit tricky. The best thing you can do is pick some dates that are out there a bit. It buys you time to structure the sale of your property in order to logistically get those two aligned. In a situation where the seller has the leverage in transactions, which is the market that we've had throughout the process of COVID, typically it's the seller that gets to depict the dates. Usually the seller's offering their property and they're like, and we're looking for the end of July possession completion dates because that's just when we want our money, which is tough when you're uh, making a subject to sale offer because you're now creating another speed bump in that transaction by agreeing to some dates that later... You, you now have to hope that a buyer of your property will align those dates together. And that's why you have a real estate agent because there's a, some logistical stuff in there that needs to be shuffled and tweaked. And there's a bit of a leap of faith in that process um, that should be discussed early on so that you understand how do we structure this transaction if those dates aren't perfect. You know, one of the things that you should consider when you're deciding to go through with this process, like you're looking to purchase a house, but one of those conditions that's going to be made in that offer is going to be the sale of your home. There's a number of things that your real estate agent should be doing before you go out shopping for a house in order to prepare for a very fast transaction on your home should you fall in love with the property and buy it. Like one, your house should be priced accordingly. It should be priced right. Um, you should look at the data very carefully and do not... Do not go ahead and purchase a home before understanding what the realistic valuation of your property is. That's one. That's a big one. Um, you should have professional photos already taken. You should understand the logistics of showing, you know, if you have a basement tenant and that tenant's on a month-to-month tenancy and you're going to have to create some, uh, some showing time notifications logistically, all that needs to be figured out and coordinated before you even set foot in an open house to go look at a property to purchase so that you're in the right mind frame when you make an offer, you can flick the switch and your house is going to be up on the market and you'll stand a better chance of actually completing that transaction as opposed to getting it bumped with the, uh, that extra term that a seller will most likely add into a subject to sale condition, that one where they can boost you in 24 hours. Um, that that term, mind you, it's not static. It can be manipulated. You can add more time to that condition. Um, you know, as buyers' leverage is increased in our marketplace, you'll find that the the wording of that, however, uh, part of that terminology will actually tweak to the point where maybe there is a point which you can't get bumped. Maybe there's two week period where you cannot get bumped. And then after the two weeks have passed, then you enter into a 72-hour time clause where you could be served notice from the seller of the house that you're buying uh, to bump you because they've got another accepted offer. Lots of little twisty ways that we're going to start seeing these offers get written. Um, This is a very typical thing that happens in a more stable condition market like we're, we're probably driving into here shortly. So anyways, I thought it was a good little chat. We could talk about that. Um, we're definitely going to see more subject to sale offers, more subject to sale deals, uh, and a little more logistical work for, for your agent to, to make it all happen. But that's why we're here. so we get paid the big bucks. Anyways, thank you for joining in. Hope you learned something. Hope it clarified something. If there's questions you have about the specifics of this, please feel to reach out.
0: Hey, thanks for listening to the Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast. Subscribe wherever you listen to get new episodes delivered right to your feed. And we want to hear from you. Send comments and questions to parker at royallepage.ca or reach out on Instagram at pbrealestater.